Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I may be a little early for this, but may the 4th be with you. Uh, we don't put to, uh, put episodes up on Tuesdays, or at least not normally, so we're hitting it a little early. But if you check out the Needless Things YouTube channel... Uh, next Monday and Tuesday, I've got a couple of special Star Wars treats going up on those days for you. And then this week saw reviews of the new repainted Scarlet and Roadblock from the G.I. Joe Classified series. And I compared them to the original releases, and I, I wasn't going to buy these Um I mean, I figured I was going to buy them, but I, it wasn't something like I didn't pre-order them. I wasn't really hunting them online or anything like that. It was just a matter of I knew if I ran into them in the store that I would end up getting them. And, and that's what happened, shockingly, because you don't see G.I. Joe stuff uh, in stores all that often. But we'll talk about that more next week on the May episode of Audible Interlude a G.I. Joe podcast. My point there was that if you go to the Needless Things YouTube channel on Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, I checked out those G.I. Joe figures, and then Monday was, much like May the 4th Be With You, a made-up holiday celebrating a pop culture thing, which, if you know the show, you know I'm all about that. So for 426, I reviewed Lenard Toys Alien Queen Giant Deluxe electronic lights and sounds action figure which is awesome and i bought it knowing because my son has all the lenard alien and predator stuff uh i bought it with the intention of giving it to him and then once i opened it and played with it and did my video review and everything i was like i'm not sure i want to give this to him but i did anyway because i try to be a good dad and also to sometimes justify my ridiculous number of toy purchases so there you go that's what's up on the needless things youtube channel Check that out next week. And then Wednesday, uh, I normally have reviews up every Monday and Wednesday. Tuesday is going to be sort of a special thing. Uh, and then Wednesday will be something else. I'm in the middle of a five-day stretch right now, so I don't know what I'm going to have time to review or not review, but there will still be a review on Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, you will have reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel. we got to move on because this is a big episode. The funny thing... If you go and look at, uh, oh gosh, was it Jedi Temple Archives? Hang on, let me scroll it down here. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, yeah, Jedi Temple Archives is the website that we use for reference. And that was after checking Figure Realm and Rebel Scum and kind of poking around the internet. It's actually very difficult to get an accurate listing of Power of the Force 2 as far as the dates and everything. So that's where we ended up. And just looking at the page, of the, because we only cover the red-carded stuff, the first, I think it's six waves of figures, and then vehicles, playsets, whatever else. But it's everything with the, the red, which it's really more orange, but it's supposed to be a red lightsaber. Uh, the red card stuff, that's all we cover. And looking at that website, it's like, well, there's not that much. 
and I wasn't even sure it was going to be a whole episode. And boy, howdy was it, because between the memories we shared of collecting this line, thoughts about the line coming back, and just this and that and the other, uh, by the time we were done, it was definitely a full episode. So you guys are going to really enjoy listening to this. It brought back a lot of memories and a lot of nostalgia for this sort of unique and weird version of the Star Wars toy franchise. Uh, All right, so... Before we get to the meat of the show, as I like to say, i got a couple of things to cover. I don't know if I'm even going to use the news. As much as I like the news sting, it constrains me to to things that I feel like are actually news rather than just sort of information. Maybe it could be the information sting. I don't know, but I'm not using it today. Uh, First thing I want to mention is, so next week is the May episode of Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. The week after that... Coming May 14th, if you remember last year, right as the pandemic was settling in and we were starting to sort of realize like, oh, this is not good. We recorded an episode of the Needless Things podcast. I believe it's episode 310, but I could be wrong. Called The Greatest Movie of All Time. And it is one of the greatest Needless Things episodes of all time. If you have not listened to it, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Things got contentious, things got ridiculous, and things got drunk. Well, May 14th, you're going to want to tune in. Set it on your calendar, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We will be dropping the greatest animated series of all time. That's right. Our same crew, our Needless Commentary crew, the Cadavers, Arian, myself, the lovely Mrs. Troublemaker as our Arbiter of Justice, will be determining the greatest animated series of all time. And we are already having a blast with this because, you know, I say that, you have no idea how contentious and difficult this is going to be. Just setting up the initial bracket of 64 animated series has been brutal. We're already having a blast talking about this in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. If you have not joined, I highly recommend you join to take part in this Needless Things event. This is not just an episode. This is an event, and everybody in the Facebook group is involved because uh, I'm putting up polls every day asking for people's opinions, for their suggestions, And we have to narrow franchises down. As ugly and unpleasant as it is, we are not going into the bracket of 64 with five Batman cartoons, three Ninja Turtle cartoons, two Thundercats cartoons. We're not doing it. Each franchise gets one entry into the bracket of 64. Now, there are some... We'll we'll explain all of the rules in the episode... But for the time being, all you need to know is you need to join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group so you can vote on your favorite Transformers show, Ninja Turtles show, Batman show. The list goes on because we're having to break these things down before we get to the tournament itself. Uh, so get in on that. We're, we're having a great time talking about it already. Uh, biggest responses, I think, in the history of the group. Uh, from this because people want to share their thoughts they want to share their favorites uh, 
But the thing to remember, this is the greatest animated series of all time. Not my favorite animated series of all time, or the best animated series of all time. Lots of considerations. Uh, and like I said, we're, we're having a great time talking about it, so check that out. Uh, all right, May 14th, mark it on your calendar. Okay, uh, next up, Mortal Kombat finally came out. We watched it, and we all dug it. But nobody in the group really felt like we we had to do an episode about it. It's great. It's fun. I honestly, personally, don't know that it's really any better than the 95 one that we just covered on a needless commentary. You should go back and listen to that if you have not. Uh, yeah, it, it's... I mean, it's more modern, obviously, but as far as being a fun Mortal Kombat movie, I, I think it's pretty much on the same footing as, as the first one. Uh, but that's just my opinion. If you have a different opinion, jump into that Needless Things Podcast Facebook group or hit up uh, Needless Things underscore, I know, that's terrible, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, not really the best for exchanging messages. So uh, just tweet at us, Needless Things underscore. Uh, if you go to Twitter and search Needless Things Podcast, I'm sure you'll find us and our terrible, terrible handle. Uh, all right. Moving on to actual news. NECA finally revealed, full reveal, of the Judith Hogue April O'Neil action figure. Uh, there has been this awesome thing going on all April long, get it, where Judith Hogue has been personally walking us through step-by-step the creation and design of this April O'Neil action figure. It's been one of the coolest things I've seen in my whole history of collecting toys. If you haven't watched these videos, uh, they're on the NECA Instagram page. They're on Judith Hogue's Instagram page. I believe she's even posting expanded versions on her YouTube channel. Uh, it's awesome stuff. I haven't gone to her YouTube channel yet to watch the full-length ones because I just haven't had time. Uh, but the the IG versions are like, I think, three to four minutes and have just been this amazing look at how an action figure gets made. Uh, the figures went up for pre-order, and there were two different versions. One is a $30 version. Uh, just Ultimate April O'Neil comes with a bunch of accessories. Looks absolutely incredible, except for the really bizarre wonky knees. And then there was a signature version that's the same thing, but also includes the yellow raincoat and a, a laminated press pass signed by April, uh, by April by Judith Hogue, which is awesome. But that was a hundred dollars. I missed it because by the time I saw I that came out on Tuesday and my Tuesday was pure hell. I'm not going to go into it. It was just a very unpleasant day. Uh, so I wasn't online when it went up for pre-order. Uh, the regular April is open pre-order, I think through this coming Tuesday, perhaps a little longer, but I think it's about a week. Uh, so you can order as many of those as you want. I ordered two because my hope is I want one to open, obviously. My hope is that with Judith Hogue taking such a big part in this process and becoming a much more public persona that maybe she'll end up going to some conventions or something and I'll be able to get that other April signed alongside my Kevin Nash Super Shredder that I will hopefully one day get signed once I'm traveling and going to cons again. So 
excited about that. Uh, the figure looks, like I said, absolutely incredible. I'm not that broken up about the raincoat because it would be nice to have, but I'll tell you right now, I don't believe I would have displayed her with the raincoat on. So, you know, I'm not really all that heartbroken over that. In other Ninja Turtle news, Super 7, after days of teases, uh, announced and put up for pre-order the fifth wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimates, consisting of, the, and I, I'm not using the proper names, uh, so, oh no, maybe I am, Sewer Samurai Leonardo, Ray Filet, who I have referred to as Max Ray from time to time in the past, uh, because I get him confused with the Centurion figure for some reason, uh, Krang, and Leatherhead. So, the Samurai Leo looks awesome. Uh, it was the, I think it was the first one that they teased, and out of all of the sort of variation Ninja Turtles that came out back in the day, it was one of my favorites. And then... Krang, Leatherhead, and then I think Ray Filet was last. But whatever the case, those are the four. And Ray Filet, one of my favorite original Ninja Turtles figures, period. Uh, always in the middle of things. Uh, he's an aquatic guy, which you guys know I love. The Super 7 one does not appear to have the color change feature, but that's okay because not all of the Ray Filet figures had the color change feature. And if you're paying attention... You will notice that Super 7 has recently put up some color-changing items, or a, a color-changing item, uh, namely the Toxic Avenger. I think there's a good chance we'll get a variant Ray Filet, and I'll buy that one too. Out of these four figures, though, I only ordered Ray Filet and Leatherhead for two reasons. One, Super 7 has increased the price on these by $10. They're now $55 a piece. I still think they're worth that. Your mileage may vary, and that's fine. We all have different value that we put on our collectibles, our toys, what we're willing to pay. Uh, for me, for the quality of these figures, for how much I love this collection, it's worth it. However, it is not worth it for figures that I'm not like a thousand percent jazzed for. And as cool as Samurai Leonardo looks for another Leonardo... Uh, I just can't justify it. And then Krang, that original Krang and just the little walker thing was never one of my favorite figures anyway. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I specifically didn't particularly care for that figure. So I, I won't be getting this Krang. My only hope is that if slash when Super 7 gets around to doing their version of the android body for Krang, that it does include a Krang and I don't have to go back and buy one of these. I would imagine that it will, but I'm going to take that chance because I, I, guys, I cannot justify 55 bucks for that. Uh, you know, I'm sure this will be the coolest Krang Walker ever produced, but it's still Krang Walker, one of, in my opinion, the lamest action figures of all time. Uh, so I did not bite on that. Uh, let's see, I got two more, oh no, one more, because I already talked about Audible Interlude, L got lots of stuff to talk about next week there. Uh, finally, one, one last thing I wanted to mention real quick is Impact Wrestling has really, really won me back over. As a matter of fact, I should be watching it right now, uh, but I, I had to produce my podcast, I had to get my workout in, uh, you know, the, things to do, people, but I, I am just really loving Impact Wrestling right now, uh. 
if I had to drop a company, it would be WWE and even NXT, and I would stick with AEW and Impact because they are delivering, to, in my opinion, again, your mileage may vary, they are delivering the entertainment value, the fun, the uh, a bit of unpredictability. Uh, and obviously, yes, uh, two, two of my guys, two of my favorites, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, are in Impact and just had a killer match uh, against each other at Rebellion, the most recent pay-per-view. But beyond those guys, the re- and that's the thing, is I started watching for them, but then the rest of the company got me hooked. They've got a lot of unique fun, uh, a wide, wide range of talent and performers. And it's just delivering something that's different and entertaining to me. Uh, You can watch it every Thursday on Twitch. I recommend you watch it on Twitch, actually, uh, because rather than the commercials you'll see on Axis TV, which I don't even get, you get classic Impact segments, one of which is the legendary Scott Steiner math promo. So every single Thursday during new episodes of Impact, you get to see the Scott Steiner math promo. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, Highly recommend it. So there you go. I'm I'm loving Impact Wrestling right now. I cannot wait for things to open up because I really, really, really want to go see Impact and AEW live. Uh, Far more. And I'm still, look, I'm still enjoying WWE. I will always enjoy WWE, but... It is out of my post-pandemic destinations. AEW and Impact are on the list. WWE is a well, if it's convenient, you know what I mean. So there you go. Uh, now it is time to sit back with a big old glass of blue milk. Hang on, hang on, blue milk. <sighs> and enjoy myself. And our invaluable head of research, Ryan Schweck, talking about the 1995 Star Wars toy relaunch. Here we go. Joining me once again, because there is nobody better qualified for this conversation than our head of research, Mr. Ryan Schweck. Hey, good to be back. Really looking forward to digging into some deep conversations about politics and social (laughs) justice. And Oh, wait, no, wrong podcast. It's time for more toys. It is definitely time for more toys. The things that uh, distract you from those issues. So right around... The time that I'm not even sure when we met, it was after the special editions came out, right? Yeah, it was. Let's see, I was probably, yeah, so it's about 97, I think 97, 98, somewhere around yeah. there. Uh, so th- this had already happened, but I believe you and I were about equally invested in the relaunch of the Star Wars toy line from Kenner. 
Yeah, this, uh, you know, Power of the Force in 95 is when I got back into toy collecting. Um, I think I've talked about it before, and it was 92 or 93, I think. I went to summer camp, and while I was gone, my mom decided to help me to give me a older room and part of that was giving all my toys away oh no that i had like i don't think i've ever heard this yeah came home and they were gone um and all i had left you know we talked about the mumra last time and i had a chewbacca and a stormtrooper that had just somehow missed the purge oh but uh yeah it was all gone and so 95 hits and you know, I just started working, had my first job uh, at McDonald's and uh, had that money burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> I went all in. Well, that's I remember because the, I was working my first management job in retail at the time at a place called Video Game Exchange. And the manager that hired me and the district manager were both into toy collecting already. And I had, I think I had like maybe a year where I sort of slowed down, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I really went from like Ninja Turtles was, could have been sort of the end for me, but then the toy biz X-Men hit and that kept me going. And and that was like, I, I, I know I had a slow point somewhere, but by the time this line was announced, I was collecting. But I don't remember where I first heard about this because there was no Toy Fair at the time, no Toy Fair magazine. So I'm guessing we were all reading like Tomart or something, like one of those Price Guide Digest type magazines because I don't know where else, because we knew about it before it came out. We knew it was happening. Yeah. I want to say maybe I heard about it at the comic shop or something like that. Yeah, and it's you know maybe maybe previews had something about them. I don't know. Well, the comic shop is where we got those those old toy magazines, the pre Toy Fair ones. So yeah, they would have known about it. We've kind of talked about this some on Execute sixty six with the Shadows of the Empire episode, but really like so ninety five. We're really like late 94 is when they kind of turn back on the Star Wars machine. Yeah. And it was a test basically to get marketing moving for the special editions. Um, and that's what Shadows of the Empire is. It's straight up a multimedia test to make sure all the press and the toys and the comics and all of it works before the movies come out. Well, and what's funny is that you know, we both know people around 10 years younger than us. And a lot of those people, the special editions is where their interest in star Wars started. Mm-hmm. So this was the star Wars toy line that they grew up with. Uh, but you know, for us, it was a matter of, Oh my gosh, they're star Wars toys again. This is insane. They're coming back because it had been, you know, essentially a drought since, yeah. 85 uh we you know we had the books but toy wise there just wasn't much out there there were like bendums and that was it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and this is like you know you can't order stuff on the internet yet. no and it is pure hunt like yeah obsessive hunting which fortunately 
you know, back then it wasn't as terrible as it is right now. Uh, I, I don't remember looking at the list and for the listeners, if you want to kind of follow along, we're looking at Jedi temple archives.com, uh, at the power of the force two section tonight, we're only going to be covering the red card or the red lightsaber, uh, releases the very first of the relaunch. Uh, but it, like our, our normal sites, like rebel scum.com and figure realm.com, just the listings were not complete or accurate at all so we're we're at jedi temple archives which is actually a great site just to tool around and end up spending a bunch of money on ebay if you're not careful yeah so the i don't recall looking looking at this list right now and we're going to run down everything here i don't remember there being anything that i had a real struggle finding i feel like this stuff once it did hit retail was was pretty easy to get yeah the only thing i remember hunting really hard was a long lightsaber variants see i didn't care about that and i remember people caring about that yeah. um I, I i wasn't a matter of fact the the manager and the district manager that i mentioned before uh they wanted to have all of them men on card the long lightsaber the short lightsaber uh, I think Luke, they maybe changed his hair color at some point or another, yeah. just like they did with the original line. Uh, I think there was something with Lando's cape. I can't remember what it was, but there was some sort of running change with that Lando. Uh, that sounds right, too. I wonder if maybe on one of them, the inside of the cape was brown and one of them, it was more metallic. Does that sound like? Yeah, that thing? sounds right. Uh, but I, I just wanted one of every character. Oh, uh, well... <laughs> No, back then I was all in. I wanted one of every figure. Uh, and I, I don't remember being a real issue to find, but here's a weird thing that I remembered while I was looking at this. So if you remember Batman forever came out the same year, came out in 95. Uh-huh. And to this day, this is what an insane toy lunatic person I am to this day. I remember a dream I had about going into KB toys and you know how you'd go into KB and you'd go down the aisles and then they'd have that back wall and then it would turn and go back a little bit further. But there was that one back wall that was like closer, probably where the storeroom was or something. I had a vivid dream about finding these star Wars figures and the Batman returns figures. And they were on the same shape and size card backs like they had different art on them mm-hmm. like the, or not batman returns batman forever the you know batman forever card back star wars card back didn't look anything like what either of these lines ended up looking like but i i still to this day remember this vivid dream of finding all these figures and just loading them all into one of those little hand uh basket things and bringing them up front I was trying to remember, what was the retail price on these? Were they $4.99? Oh, I feel like $4.99. I wonder if it might be listed on here because some of the sites, uh, Rebel Scum is good about doing original. Yeah, $4.99. Yeah. Um, so five bucks, which I don't remember how I felt about the price. Do you do you remember? I, I don't I don't remember thinking they were particularly expensive. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think they were expensive, but you know, my crap McDonald's job, like <laughs> a lot of the money definitely went to this. And my parents were very confused when I got some like <laughs> shelf off the side of the road and put it in my room, like a little bookcase <laughs> to put this stuff on. Yeah, I was, uh, my mom got me for Christmas that year, that four pack that they did of the classic edition figures mm-hmm. that were made from, if I remember right, they weren't made from the tooling that made the Kenner figures, but they were made from the Kenner figures. Like they made new tooling using the Kenner figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're different. They have obviously 95 is the date on them. Uh, but it's the four pack of Luke, Han, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca. And it came in that nice box with those wide vision cards. Oh yeah. Uh, but because they weren't in the same, they didn't have the same aesthetics as the 95 figures. I left them in the box forever. Uh, and I had them up until a few years ago and I, I don't remember if I sold them or, or what I did. Uh, yeah, I remember that one was an exclusive, and it was yeah, it was a, a Toys R Us exclusive, and I was definitely like that's right before I can drive, so I had to like get rides from friends and convince them to take me to Toys R Us, and <laughs> you know most of my punk rock friends were not real interested in going to Toys R Us. Right. That was <laughs> toy toy collecting in 1995 for for people over 13 was not quite the same as it is today. It was not. It was um, definitely not a cool thing to do. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, so that uh, that four pack, though, if you go on eBay now, you can still get that for a pretty reasonable price, and it's a nice it's a nice looking piece. Like if you get it mint on box or mint on uh, mint in box, it looks cool. But so we we knew one way or another, probably from like Tomart or whatever, that that these were coming, mm-hmm. and once they arrived. I, I want to say that I didn't love the muscular wide-legged stance look, but I bought them all. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking like, all right, this is ridiculous, <laughs> but like still I'm buying them all. And that's stupid. Obi-Wan. I have vivid memories of trying to make, that jerk stand up because of the stance he was in and he just was such a pain and he would always rest on his, uh, the front of his road. Yeah. 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 All. And I'm trying to remember because they did share, you know, Batman returns going back to that again, also from Kenner, uh, had similar aesthetics to this line, but I'm trying to figure out what else at the time, like what what inspired Kenner to go with these designs over the more traditional straight arm, straight leg, easy to sit down. Yeah, I kind of like looked up what was coming out in 95 to kind of see, because I thought the same thing. Like, why did they decide to do this? And I don't know. I mean, 
McFarlane has started in 94. McFarlane Toys. Gosh, was really 94? 95 is when they first come out. They find the, they found the company in 94. Wow. But, you know, those Marvel Universe toys at that point were kind of winding down. Um, they had gone through the classics and the Fantastic Four and all that stuff. And it was kind of crappy. The team-up packs, if you remember those, they were doing those. Right, right. But I was trying to think, DC, is the Extreme Justice stuff coming out then? Oh, uh, what the heck was that called? Was it Extreme Justice? Is that what that line was called? I don't remember. Um, With the snap-on armor pieces and everything? Yeah. No, it's not Extreme Justice. What the heck is it called? I love. You know what I love is when we're trying to think of something... um, and I know listeners are sitting out there yelling at us uh-huh. because they know exactly what it is. <laughs> Justice League figures, 1995. Total justice. Total justice. Total justice. Um, okay. But are these 95? But yeah, you're right. This is a very... Uh, obviously size wise they're different but they do have that posed wide leg stance mm-hmm. but i feel like what's gi joe doing at 95 uh 95 is gi joe extreme out yet uh i mean i feel just as a society in 1995 we were pretty extreme that's true <laughs> things were definitely getting extreme we can thank uh we can thank Image Comics. Okay, so G.I. Joe Extreme was in 95. Uh, because yeah. the re- technically, Real American Hero line pretty much went away in 94. Yeah, I think he hit, like, it probably has a lot to do with the comics coming out around then, too. Yeah, all, all of the Image stuff happening. Um, yeah. Everything was much more dynamic. And, you know, again, to go back to to adult toy collecting at the time the people designing these toys were not considering adults at all. You know, nowadays, whatever, whatever toy manufacturers want to say, the adult collector is in mind with everything that's designed. But back then, uh, these were 100% kids buying them because there, there were no cell phones. There was no YouTube. There was nothing to distract kids from playing with toys. So, the design, I believe the intent with these was to make them look dynamic and exciting. Uh, and they had things, you know, not only were the figures posed in, in more dynamic ways, but they had the deluxe figures that I, Oh, I love them. You don't like the deluxe figures. I I was trying, I cannot remember if I own these deluxe figures or not. I a hundred percent had them. Uh, I love the, uh, what is the word that they use for it? The off-screen stuff. Oh, the yeah. The things that take the aesthetics of Star Wars, like the old mini rigs. Mm-hmm. I love those things, man. And these deluxe figures kind of reminded me of that ideal, uh, the crowd control stormtrooper with the big uh, the claw. Oh, you know what else was out now? The alien... And Predator figures. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're out now because those, those are kind of muscly too, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. The human, the the space mar- or colonial marines in that line were all 
again, this same sort of style. But looking at this crowd control stormtrooper, he's got an X-wing laser on one arm. He's got an awesome giant claw thing, which is what made me think of the alien and predator line because it looks like something uh, one of the Marines would have had. And then this giant like jetpack thing on his back. Uh, and the, but the deco on the figure is really cool because he's got this like sandy deco on him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably baked into the plastic. I don't think that's actually deco. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. That might be deco, but like, I, I like that. I thought that <laughs> that was cool and fun. I just imagine like, I mean, does this like stormtrooper just like pinch somebody and then blast off and drop them <laughs> control the crowd real fast. Uh, that sounds like something the empire would do. Yeah. Uh, and then the Han Solo with the smugglers. What the heck is this called? The smuggler, smuggler flight pack, <laughs> uh, which is bizarre because it also has a giant pincher claw thing. <laughs> I'm glad to see he has a good safety harness, though. <laughs> yeah. What do we? And that's the thing is, out of all of these figures, most of them you know, putting their poses or whatever aside, most of them are pretty much just what they look like in the movies. But this Han with this extra harness on is a massive departure. I don't, yeah. I don't think any of these other initial figures or, or really very many figures since have had something that on the character itself, that's just straight up wacky, not canon. Yeah, and that harness is tooled. They would never yeah. do that these days. No, no, that would that would be an additional piece that you would put on. Yeah. Um, and then Luke Skywalker with the desert sports skiff, which was probably the most reasonable one because it's basically like a jet ski for the sand. Yeah, I think I did have that one. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it makes the most sense. I think if you look at it, uh, you, you this you really could sort of see Luke tooling around Tatooine on this thing, like the T-16s in the shop. Mm-hmm. So he hops on his his desert sport. I don't know why why they throw the word sport in there, though. <laughs> well, you've already got a desert skiff. This is like the <laughs> S model. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I see. I liked that stuff. And it's I think it's cool that this early right initially with this relaunch they're already doing interesting and creative things they're a little outside of what people might expect uh but as far as the regular figures themselves the first wave uh you can't argue it's it's a classic lineup obi-wan c-3po chewbacca darth vader han solo luke skywalker uh princess leia r2d2 and the stormtrooper uh we've already talked about the Obi-Wan and his disastrous problem standing. And and what's funny though, is he's a pretty good figure. And what's exciting about these is the lightsabers. You know, when we were kids, you had two different kinds of lightsabers. You had one that telescoped out of the arm and, you know, it was a neat little feature, but looked terrible. And then you had the one, like what came with, uh, X-Wing pilot Luke and Jedi Luke that were just the solid color. Like they didn't even have different colored hilts or anything. They weren't translucent. Like that was it, right? Yeah. We never got. And in the old line, there was never a Darth Vader with a separate lightsaber. The only Vader they made was the telescoping (laughs) telescoping. lightsaber, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not another one. 
So at the time in 95, it was really exciting to be getting these figures with the lightsabers that were not just separate pieces, but also had these painted hilts on them. Mm -hmm. Even though some of them were like crazy longer than the other ones. Now, do you did you track down the long and short? I had the Obi-Wan long lightsaber, and that's the only one I ever got. So uh, here's here's what kind of lunatic I am. I and I I just now remembered this since we've been talking about it. I got the long saber versions of Obi-Wan. Let's see. I guess Obi-Wan, Luke, and, and Vader all came with a lightsaber, right? Yes, yeah. they did. Okay, so I got I must have gotten the first batch because I had the long saber versions of all three of those. I cut the lightsabers <laughs> to make them the right length. Because I, it was, I mean it was insane. Those those lightsabers were as tall, if not taller, than the figures. Oh yeah, they were great. <laughs> they were crazy. And I, I wish I hadn't uh well, I I wouldn't have them now anyway, so it wouldn't matter either way. And I can probably go buy them for less than 10 bucks now. So whatever. Oh yeah. Uh so 3PO very not now he's he's got his weird wide-legged stance, mm-hmm. but pretty nice update because he's still got the vac metal at this point but in addition to that he actually has uh not as detailed as they would get later on but sculpted wires in his midsection Mm -hmm. uh that that black midsection was definitely an upgrade over the original c3po figure but i remember this guy i feel like his arms and legs got crazy loose after like a day they did, especially the arms. And you could, if I'm right, you could remove the arms and legs on it pretty easily. Could you on this one? I think so. Um, but if it win this one, the other one, you know, they put out. I, th- I think that's the next one. I think Is the it- next one had the removable arms and legs. I don't think this one did. I can't remember. I just remember nearly about the 3PO figure. And it might have been the other one that I definitely used my teeth to get the arm off when it was stuck and there was a weird texture to this figure. Like I vividly remember <laughs> what this figure felt like in my mouth. <laughs> That's awesome. So he, but yeah, 3PO looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not, not too outlandish. And then we get to, to big, bad, beefy Chewbacca. <laughs> I, Wow. I often think, which is my favorite beefy figure? And <laughs> Chewbacca might be it. Because he's like a Sasquatch. Man. And that look at the head on this guy. <laughs> Massive. He, you know what? He almost looks like a Teen Wolf. Yeah. And, you know, I think I remember, like, I hadn't watched the movies too much recently at this. Like, I mean, I have my VHS copies, but I wasn't watching them like super regularly. Right. And, right. and I remember watching like the special editions and maybe able to be VHS. I can't remember being like, man, Chewbacca is really skinny. Like I no, forgot. No. Yeah. Same deal. Same deal. I, I remember that. And I don't know exactly when it was uh, because I've, I've actually, I'm looking at it right now. I've got, the old VHS three pack mm-hmm. that I got one year for Christmas when I was a kid. I don't know what year, you know what? Hang on just a second. I'm going to, I'm going to grab it. I can reach it. Oh no, I can't reach it. Okay. So 
uh, for, for the listeners on May the 4th, I have a special review going up on the needless things, YouTube channel of the carbon freezing chamber, vintage collection playset, or, or of two of them rather. Uh, and I cannot reach my star Wars VHS right now because the table, the entire extra table I had to bring into this room just to put this damn thing on, uh, is in the way. So I cannot reach my VHSs. but anyway, the, the, yeah, VHS tapes that I had when I was a kid, the pre special edition ones, that's all I had. But like you, at one point I watched and was like, man, Chewbacca skinny. And it's because we spent, you know, it's, it's funny how over the years, different iterations of different characters kind of get stuck in your head. Like, we had this conversation about Bruce Campbell on one of the other episodes where you look at Bruce Campbell figures and you're like, well, that likeness isn't right. But then you go back and watch evil dead too. And it's because your brain has messed with you over the years because you know what Bruce Campbell looks like now and what he's looked like for the past 20 years. But then when you go watch evil dead too, mm-hmm. the brain doesn't remember that's what he looked like. It's like done an amalgamation of him over the years. Yeah. And so we had this beefy chewy in our heads for years. Uh so yeah, this is a ter- this is an absolutely terrible figure. Uh I do like that they attempted to get the different coloration in his fur though. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That's something new. Uh but his bandolier looks t- it's tiny, it looks terrible. Uh the bowcaster is just bizarre. And if I remember, I don't feel like he could hold it very well. No, he couldn't. The uh, uh, arm shoulder thing um, always interfered with how yeah. he held it. Yeah. So uh, not not a great Chewbacca, but we bought it. Yeah, they did. Uh, Vader, again, <laughs> super beefy, but, I mean, really pretty good Vader. Yeah, not terrible. And, you know, if I was building a robot body, I'd, you know, accentuate a little bit. <laughs> right? Come on, Steve, give me a little muscle. If you're building a robot body, are you mm-hmm. going for Minute Bowl or are you going for Brock Lesnar? Yeah. I'm going for Brock Lesnar, and clearly so is Kenner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> but they, the, the cool thing about this figure is the way that they got some of the glosses, like the helmet is glossy and the armor on his uh, shoulder and chest piece has like a glossy paint job to it. Uh, there's a little more detail on the chest panel and on the belt, like, and the glossy, the boots nice and glossy too. Like visually, this one is not as ridiculous as some of the other ones. Although again, beefy, <laughs> uh, so this Han Solo, very important character. What were what were your first thoughts upon seeing this Han Solo? Oh gosh! Aside from his gigantic blaster <laughs> and his barrel chest, <laughs> I, you know, looking back at these, like the face sculpts on Obi Wan and Han and Luke are surprisingly not as terrible as I remember. Like, yeah, I feel like that face sculpt wouldn't be too out of line. Not too long ago before face scanning started. Well, imagine this exact sculpt, but with the digital printing technology that they're doing now. 
Yeah, I bet but, it would be decent. Yeah, it, it, it would. It, it, this is not bad. I mean, this is not, you know, these aren't scans. These are all like hand sculpted from not digital references, but like literal pictures of the actors, like mm-hmm. a very different process back then than what we have now. Uh, the, what bugged me? Okay, well, the first thing about this one was for me was why the fucker is pants blue. Yeah. Because in 1995, we didn't know his pants were supposed to be blue. (laughs) Just like, well, we will have to save that one. Uh, But some of the coloration, well, and even his shirt being Mm off-white was weird. Instead of just a pure white, it's that off-white color. And this is the era where we Star Wars nerds really started to dig into things and look at like what color were these things actually the hoth argument remains to this day right exactly (laughs) is it blue or is it brown nobody knows uh so yeah this one's the only thing that really really bothers me about this one is that left arm sticking way out (laughs) like that what the heck is that all about no idea it makes and I guess maybe it's almost like doing his class, you know, that Han Solo fire sort of could be that. Uh, Yeah. Maybe that's what they were going for. Cause they kind of on one of the pictures seem to be attempting that with the (laughs) the giant blaster that must weigh 60 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And that thing is massive. That's ridiculous. Uh, Let's see. So, Oh, I just lost my uh, my spot. Okay, we're back. Uh, so we get Han, and now... Oh, geez, I'm down in the greens now. We can't go green yet. It's yeah, not time. We're to beefy Luke. Yeah, beefy Luke with his nice... Uh, I feel like they got the hair pretty yeah. nice on this one. I, too, I don't know about that face, though. Yeah, his face. And Hamill, I mean, I guess he's a hard one to get because even now they still struggle with him. Yeah, they do. We've, we have only recently, I think the first really that I could say, wow, that's a good likeness on a Mark Hamill is the Dagobah one that came with Yoda. Yeah, that is a good one. I think that's the first time I looked at the figure and was really like, okay, yeah, that looks like him. Yeah. Like in the whole history of Star Wars toys. I also don't remember Luke sewing so much cleavage. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is a... I don't remember Luke having so much cleavage. <laughs> Look at those pectoral muscles on that guy. Apparently moisture farming is tough work. And really he is. Going. He's, he's, this is he's, definitely like porn star farm boy Luke. <laughs> th- this is the... Uh, what was the star horse from Zach and Mary? He's definitely coming to check on your moisture of that. <laughs> so he came with uh, the lightsaber, which may or may not be too long. And this rifle, which is probably supposed to be the rifle that, you know, in recent years, they've gotten accurate that really long when he snaps to the mm-hmm. side of the land speeder. I'm I, guessing that's what this is supposed to be. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what that is. And it's I mean, definitely not the rifle on the package. I mean, he should come with a, uh, E 11, but right, right. He should come with the standard stormtrooper rifle, but yeah, 
yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what that is because <laughs> it really doesn't even look like it could be pretending to be that long rifle. Yeah, from Tatooine. Oh. Uh, so this one's pretty egregious. I don't think I can give this a pass. No. But again, we're seeing detail here that the original Luke figure kind of didn't make clear like that. He's got that. These are like pants and boots. I remember something about this seeming very different to me, although it really looks more like tights here. Mm -hmm. Is this repurposed from like a Robin hood figure? (laughs) Is that what we've got going on here? Is he the Prince of thieves? (laughs) It might be the Prince of skeeves. (laughs) Uh, Princess Leia. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I they <laughs> never got her right. She looks and, awfully like Eastern European. <laughs> Those are some eyebrows right there. You, know she looks like in dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's who I was trying to think of. I couldn't think what she. I could picture her face, but I couldn't think what she was from. <laughs> that's exactly what this looks like. <laughs> wow. I, that's definitely a male head sculpt. <laughs> some buns on the top of. Yeah, this this is brutal. And and the, all the the flowing cape and skirt <laughs> that don't even look right, like just uh yeah, this is no good. And I think this one was extremely difficult to stand up as well. Oh yeah, she was impossible oh man go check out the pictures without the skirt on the bow legs oh apparently she had some time with long boy luke wow (laughs) this is there there is nothing nice okay i take it back i take it back because uh she does have the correct little blaster yeah so that's nice but then this other one what is this Hey, just other... Look at the side profile of her, by the way. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, that's the current... Well, I don't know what that gun is. Yeah, that's that's nothing we've ever seen. And and again, it should have just been a Stormtrooper rifle. Yeah. Uh, woof. Okay, well, uh, thanks for trying. <laughs> good, good. I can't even say good effort. Nope. All right, let's see here. Uh, that brings us to R2-D2, hard to mess up. And uh, this is another one that was legit just a, a phenomenal improvement over the original Kenner figure because all of his details are sculpted now. It's not a sticker yeah. anymore. Yeah, some decent back metal. And this one, and I'm interested to see what you say about it. So this one, you pulled the third leg down. It wasn't the twist helmet right right it's got the if you look at the back Mm -hmm. it has that little tab at the bottom and you just pull that third leg down which i never had if i'm remembering right the original kenner line the only way you got the third leg because they did make one that plugged into the bottom of that original r2 but it came with the droid factory Mm -hmm. i don't think i did not have no i didn't have that either i'm trying because they had they made the r2 with the telescoping sensor deal mm-hmm. where you twist his head and the sensor thing comes out or wait did you even do that or did you just pull it up i don't even remember now 
but that one didn't have the third leg. And then they made the one from Jedi that had Luke's lightsaber hilt that I don't think it shot. I never had it. So I don't remember if it, I don't think it shot out. I think you could just telescope it out. Yeah. I think it just telescoped out, but I don't believe that had, and and look for the listeners who who are maybe sitting there yelling at us right now, we're not going to go look this up because we're not talking about Kenner. This is about, or we're not talking about the original Kenner line. This is about the 95 series. And, you know, these are the things that I'm thinking about now. And I was probably thinking about in 95. Mm-hmm. And in 95, I couldn't just go look on the internet to see what those Kenner toys looked like back in the day. So this is this is the conversation I like to have where we use sort of our own memories of these things rather than sitting down and going to some, you know. Wikipedia. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and I couldn't go just look at my old figures. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I I certainly didn't have that as an option. So I definitely prefer the pull down leg versus the twist they did later. Um, well, I get, the, the twist tw- got better. It got because when they first did the twist, I think you twisted the head and then it just had to stay wherever it was. Yeah. That's what made me crazy about it. But later on, they improved that to where you could keep twisting it all the way around. So you could line his eye up in the front. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Is the, the first time they did it with the twisting, like they didn't, his, his head wouldn't line up. So it didn't look right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the pull down, I mean, I, I like the pull down leg as well, but this one didn't have a hinge. I think it was, so it couldn't be really posed. Yeah. It was just, it came down and that's just how it was, but still excellent, excellent R2-D2. Probably, I mean, just because they, they couldn't really make him beefy in any way. <laughs> like, like one of his, one of his legs were all like roided out. <laughs> they're designing it like Trogdor and, like, and a beefy arm. <laughs> Comes out. But this one, legit, unquestionable upgrade over the original mm-hmm. uh, release. That the sculpted detail is fantastic. All the paint, uh, the light piping, uh, he's got in the top there. Uh, just excellent R two D two figure. Like to this day, you could get this R two D two and put it in your vintage collection, uh, collection, and it would be fine. Yeah. Although I'd be interested to see scale wise how it lines up. Uh, if I remember, it's too big. Um, Which is weird because usually R2 is too small. Yeah, I think he's bigger. Interesting. I might have to track one of those down just to check it out. Like I'd, As we're looking at these, uh, there is a little... And, and I got rid of this whole collection years and years ago. Uh, I got rid of this collection two years ago. Oh, wow. That recent. Yeah, it sat in a tote forever. And it was one of those things where I knew I was never going to put this back out. Yeah. Um, and it was just in this tote. So I took it to the uh, thrift store and then I gave it to them. And then I would go back sometimes and watch and just see people like find these bags, like kids find these giant bags. Of yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I, the only thing I regret about getting rid of this collection is the vehicles, the figures, the figures. I have zero regrets about any of them. We'll actually talk about one of these in just a minute that I do still have. Uh, 
but I do, I do wish I still had these vehicles Mm -hmm. because those, even though there's better, more modern stuff now, those do still hold up pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, so next up on the figure front, uh, stormtrooper, which you know what? Not bad. He's not posed too ridiculously badly. I think I remember he stood up just fine. Yeah. Uh, comes with the stormtrooper blaster and then, uh, kind of a bigger rifle that, I believe is made up, yeah. but looks fine. Yeah, it looks Star Warsy enough. Right. Uh, he's got the O one one on his back. Like it, it, everything that you need a stormtrooper to be is here, but he's he does have a very slender waist and a very big chest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how you get into this armor if this is your <laughs> body type, <laughs> but I am sure. There are members of the 501st that could explain that process. Uh, I bet. You know what I'd like to see? I would like to see a costume of this armor. Like, walk (laughs) around. That would be hilarious with, like, the big arms and legs and the little waist. Like, I'd like to see somebody make make it in the the bulbous helmet Mm -hmm. with, like, the rounded bottom. I'd like to see somebody, because it would have to be bigger than a human to look like this. So you do that, and I'll do Luke Skywalker with an open shirt and a lightsaber <laughs> bigger than my body. The giant lightsaber? <laughs> that would be so awesome. Oh, man, I want to see some Power of the Force cosplay. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't think I have the muscles for it. I don't. Think I, de- anybody, I definitely do not have muscles for it. I don't it. think anybody has the muscles for it. Uh, so Wave 2, which... Okay. I feel like maybe wave two and three came out at the same time. Like wave one came out with some of the vehicles. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which vehicles came out first. I feel like the ATST is the first vehicle, which is such an odd choice. And unfortunately, let me see if I can look, because they don't have pictures of the ATST on here. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll always remember the ATST because it's the one that's got the button on the back with the spring so you can make it walk. And I mess with that thing forever. Now you can kind of click them into place. Okay. Power of the Force, Imperial ATST. Okay. This is it. Red box. Because I wanted to see if this was the indoor version or the Hoth version because yeah. they've they put different deco on them depending on what it is. Uh and this is looks like the indoor version, but what's funny about the vehicles is they did not come with figures then. Mm-mm. So there's no ATST driver; they just have a straight up stormtrooper sitting in this thing. Uh, but this is all of these vehicles were slight retoolings of the original vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, that original Kenner ATST had the button on the back where, to make the legs go. Uh, I mean, this is that vehicle basically just with updated stickers. Mm-hmm. And I believe it had, I'm trying to look, I can't tell on the box art here. I was thinking it had like a muddy deco on the feet, but maybe not. I'm trying to see if I can find a picture of a loose one, but I don't know how it's, it's hard to find anything reliable online. Yeah, it does have the muddy feet. Okay. One. Okay. So that, that's what I thought. Uh, so this is just an update of the original, which was a great vehicle. 
Uh, It has the double opening cockpit. It's got the wide, you know, the big piece that opens up, but then the little hatch in the middle of that. It's got the blaster on top. It's got the functional legs with the little button. Uh, This is a a solid vehicle. And again, even though we've got a larger scale ATST now that looks a little better, again, this could fit into your modern collection. Like this Mm -hmm. is well done. It's just a good toy. So you think that I, okay? What about the was land, it the land speeder too? Yeah, that's what I, was I feel say. like the land speeder. Um, gosh, how do they not have pictures of the land speeder? Let's see here. There it is. Yeah, it, it was, was definitely the first wave. It was uh, really stubby, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. Everything I hate Google because anytime you look something up all you get is stuff for sale. Like it never takes you mm-hmm. to news or anything, or maybe that's just me because I spend too much damn money on toys. Let's see. I really want to get a better look at this thing. Yeah. Sealed 95. It was the first, well, you get a sealed one for 29 bucks. Yeah. Most of this stuff is very inexpensive. Like if you wanted to get, if you wanted to make a power of the force collection, it would be a very easy collection to, to put together and, and not terribly expensive, especially compared to, uh, you know, other things. Oh, here we go. So the first on the back of the box of the land speeder is the tie fighter, the X-wing and the Falcon. Okay. Where'd you find the land speeder? On eBay. Oh, Okay. <laughs> for sale, obviously. Where yeah. else would it be? Thanks, uh, thanks, Internet. I like how it has shift action running gear is the uh, big action feature it has, which I'm pretty sure just means those crappy little wheels it was on. Well, it had, uh, again, this was a, a basically just a slight retooling of the original and if you remember, it has the gear shift in between mm-hmm. the seats that you would move it up and the wheels would come out a little bit. Yep. So it was bouncier. And then when you put them down, which I don't, what was even the purpose of that? Why do you even need the wheels to be up or down? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I think, guess when you park to see your aunt and uncle or dad. I, sure. I think, yeah, yeah if, you're, uh, if your shocks are no good, your aunt and uncle's... <laughs> Surprise is going to be an even worse shock. Uh, I don't know which mode was supposed to be go and which mode was supposed to be park, (laughs) but I feel like when it was, when you had the wheels extended further out, it was bouncier. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was park mode because if you look in the movies, when they get in and out of it, it kind of bounces around a little bit. Yeah. And when you shift them down, you retract the wheels up into it a little bit. That's when it just rolls across the floor and doesn't do a whole lot of bouncing. I would, I, I, I guess that's it. I, my thing with the lane speeder, and look, I've got a black series lane speeder. I've had many versions of the lane speeder. The lane speeder sucks. <laughs> like, what? Get out of here! It is the most non-fun toy. <laughs> oh man, I like, I like the lane speeder. Now, I, okay, so, and, and we'll, what we'll, you brought it up, so we got to talk about it. I've got the vintage collection land speeder, whatever the, the last one they did was it's nice and long. It's, it's scaled pretty accurately. Uh, 
it has that rifle that we were talking about before that long rifle that clips onto the side. Yep. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Everybody can fit in it. That black spe- black series land speeder. I picked up on clearance at, just like everybody else did that and, mm-hmm. and raise speeder, whatever, got yep. them for like eight bucks a piece or whatever. That black series land speeder is hilariously stubby and yeah. short. It is nowhere near as long as it should be. No, no, not at all. So like that, and, and it is a struggle to get Luke and Obi-Wan into that thing, let alone put any droids on the back. <laughs> uh, but the, I, I like, I always liked the, the original land speeder. And, and again, that is, is you could get the figures right into it. No problem. These power the force. Try getting that Obi-Wan into this thing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Even with his robes completely off, which by the way, what kind of lunatic gets naked to hop in the land speeder? <laughs> Come here, kid. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, getting the figures into this land speeder was, was not really going to happen. I remember Luke didn't fit in there very well at all. Uh, and that was a big problem with this. This iteration was that, these big bulky beefy figures with these wide legs and arms all jacked out to the side or whatever did not fit in the, in the original vehicle tooling because those vehicles were made for the slender rational figures, right? The legs that went at the 90 degrees right in front of them versus- and the arms that just went straight down to the side. Yeah, like these vehicles were not made for these dynamic figures, and later on in the line they would fix that, and it was fine. But that was very frustrating initially, is that this stuff didn't work together like the Millennium Falcon, which again, massive upgrade to the original Millennium Falcon. Uh, all of the deco on this thing is just fantastic. Uh, it, it looked. I don't think I realized when it came out that it was just the old Falcon with new paint and stickers. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that. Cause it, it feels vastly different. Yeah. It's, it was a much sturdier plastic. Everything mm-hmm. seemed to like that hatch on the back where it opened up just seemed sturdier. Everything about it. It, it just seemed like a, a new toy. Uh, but these figures didn't fit in it Mm-mm. and the cockpit, like you could put Han or Chewie in the cockpit and that was it. I remember being really impressed. This is the first one that the sounds were decent. Yes. Because when we were kids, the X wing and the tie fighter and the millennium Falcon, when you press the button, they kind of went, eh. <laughs> yep. Which is no noise that, uh, what's his name? Bert, Ben Bert, isn't that his name? <laughs> no noise that he ever designed. Uh, yeah, these uh, had actual movie sounds. And, and it was, you know, having that Millennium Falcon breakdown sound <laughs> was awesome. The ramp on this thing always cracked me up because no one's going in that ramp. <laughs> like you no. could like shove somebody in there. No, not at all. The figures couldn't even stand underneath this. <laughs> uh, but again, updated deco, updated stickers. Just it, it looks great, and I really, really do wish I still had this Millennium Falcon. Uh, 
you know, I actually may have this Millennium Falcon still. Really? I've got a couple of these vehicles left. I think I know I have the X-Wing. I may have the Falcon off to look. Because some of the vehicles, man. Yeah, some of these vehicles survived because I just gave the figures. Oh, okay, okay. Because I stored the vehicles upstairs. Oh, I got you. Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, well, let's move on with the figures a little bit because I think, well, we have the TIE fighter. Let's talk about the TIE fighter. Uh, again, same old TIE fighter, but I don't think it had any, it didn't have light or sound. No, and it's blue. God, that drove me nuts. Was it? Remember, it's that weird, it's not the gray gray it should be. It's like a weird, like, gray blue yeah uh, that's coming back to me now and I, I didn't think about it until i was looking at this picture but you're right the color is bizarre and they were all that way when they did uh vader's tie advanced it was that weird kind of not stone gray it's got that blue tint to it well and that's that was another mind-blowing moment is the first time i saw a white tie fighter mm-hmm. i was like why is this white they are Mm -hmm. you just again back then we didn't have constant immediate access to these movies and stills and images and all this kind of stuff so like not knowing what color a tie fighter was was not crazy yeah but the big upgrade here is the wings are sculpted rather than stickers Mm mm-hmm uh, which is a huge deal because the stickers on the original TIE Fighters never looked good. No. They never lasted, ever. So I think you're right. I think that was those were the first waves. Well, you said it was on the back of the land speeder. So those mm-hmm. were our first wave of vehicles. The X-Wing, was that later? No, the X-Wing's listed as that first. Oh, is in the first as well? Yeah. Uh, and I remember... Because the original Kenner X-Wing, it's a cool toy, but it's just not... I think this one doesn't even... It still doesn't have the socket for R2. No, it was a solid piece. Yeah, yeah, it's still the push down. You push down on R2's dome and that deploys the X-Wings. Um. And then mm-hmm. it's got the the little lever on the back to close it back up. Here we go. Here's a good picture of the box. Oh, I like how on the box, because X-Wing pilot Luke wasn't out yet, yeah. <laughs> they've got farm boy Luke piloting the X-Wing. Uh, you know. That's great. Two real movie sounds, which is awesome. Uh, they do accurately have, they've removed the light bulb from the nose cone, which is how the original X-Wing was, that little light bulb in the nose cone lit up as though mm-hmm. that's where the lasers came from. But on this box art, they actually have the lasers coming from the laser guns, <laughs> which when I was a kid, I didn't even realize that's where the lasers came from because on the toy, it's that light bulb. Yep. And then <laughs> again, at some point you watch the movies and you're like, the lasers come out of the wings. So the one I'm looking at has the price tag still on it. This thing was twenty nine ninety nine. No kidding. That's some serious McNugget money. I was, yeah, that's pretty pricey. So I wonder how much the Millennium Falcon was. 
don't know. I wonder if I can find. I bet Rebel Scum has that listed, or I actually, Figure Realm might be good for that. How much was Power of the Force? Because if that was thirty, I gotta think the Millennium Falcon was fifty. I think it was. And that's fifty dollars in nineteen ninety five was a a lot of scratch. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that thing in the box goes for five hundred dollars. That that X wing? Oh no, that's the Falcon. Oh 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 well, that still seems kind of crazy. Let's see, Star Wars out of the eight thousand Star Wars listings, nineteen ninety five. Power of the Force 2. Let's find our... Oh, man, this includes all of the 12-inch figures. See, this is why we couldn't use Figure Realm, because they just lump everything together. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't split it up at all. Very difficult to find. And also, they have hideous ads. Yeah, here's a buy one, like, new in the box for $240. Gosh, oof. I don't want one that bad. Mm Mm-mm. There you go. Force awaits might have it. Yeah, I really want to know the original price on that Falcon. Because I don't... I'm trying to think what else was $50 in 1995, you know, to have some kind of comparison. Yeah, it's just so many, like, vintage. You can buy it now. There we go. Oh gosh, here are the playsets. I'm I need to save this page because I'm excited to talk about these. Oh, I can't find it. It costs more money than I had. I know that. <laughs> and somehow I got it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Millennium Falcon Electronic, which again, this is why we couldn't use Figure Realm because this listed is 1996. Oh, I thought they had original price on here and they don't. All right, well, forget it. We're just going to say it was probably about 50 bucks. Uh, Which makes sense because the new ones are around 100, right? 150-ish. What's that? The Falcon. How much is that new Falcon? The most recent vintage collection Falcon? Mm It's $400. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, that, that, that in between one. I feel like it was one for a hundred dollars for a little while. I thought that, well, the, I forgot that Target thing was the, the first. The first vintage collection Millennium Falcon that came out in 2010, I think it was. I want to say it was 175. God, is that much? Um, that makes sense. This one would be and, around 50. And then they reissued it a couple of years later. And I think it was two fifty. And then the most recent one, which is actually an upgrade because it includes the sequel trilogy radar dish, uh, was four hundred at Target. Although people found it marked down, I don't know if anybody ever found it down to fifty percent off. But I was telling anybody who might be even slightly interested to get it if they found it because it's probably the best toy I own. Yeah. I've seen that thing. It's amazing. Even, even over like the sail barge or I, I just, that millennium Falcon is it's iconic. It's so well executed and, and beyond being the central vehicle of the entire star Wars saga, as we know it right now, it is a marvel of toy engineering. 
So it's like, it's beyond just being, oh, I've got Han Solo's ship. It's a landmark in Mm -hmm. toys. Uh, Which the 95 Millennium Falcon, uh, (laughs) you know what? It it could be considered to be just because the fact that they upgraded that old tooling in such an efficient way is cool. I like it. Uh, all right. So, well, we've only got one more vehicle to look at. Oh, we've got two more. We've got the rebel Snowspeeder, which again, we don't have a listing for, but I, at the time I wasn't super excited about snow speeders for some reason. When I was a kid, I loved it. I loved the, uh, the way the, the way the, uh, blasters lit up on the original snow speeder was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one. I've always been a big fan of the Snow Speeder. And that Black Series one, if you get a chance to ever get it or see it, it's it's really great. Yeah. That well, what's so weird about the modern collection is they've done like three different toolings or, or for the uh for the classic scale. They've done like three different toolings of the snow speeder. It's bizarre. There's one that's like too big. There's another one that's the right size, but it seems like it's too small, but it isn't. And then there's mm-hmm. one that's, I think, based off of this tooling that they just did a lot of paint on. A really weird history. I'd be interested in looking at sort of the history of the Snowspeeder as a toy because I feel like there's a lot of inconsistency with size and detail and everything else on this one. Uh, but the 95 Snowspeeder, for some reason, I, I mean, I had it. But for some reason, I just wasn't that interested in it at the time. I wonder, did the, let me try and look this up because I'm, I'm wondering if the cannons worked differently, if they lit up differently than the original, because that would have put me off a little bit if they did. Let's see here. Of course, eBay, first thing that pops up. Thanks, internet. Oh, for a dead listing. That's really helpful. Vintage. I like that they're calling 1995 stuff vintage. Is Action Fleet was Action Fleet around in 95? That's not right, is it? It might have been. Oh my gosh. Force awaits. Okay, so Star Wars 1995 Kenner Power of the Force Snow Speeder. Uh we're looking at forceawaits.com right now. Gosh, it looks yeah, they light up they light up on the sides, like on the barrels. Well, that's what the original did that as well, but they had yeah. these like I think uh, the tips were that clear. I don't remember there being this much deco on this one. I like how this looks like it's like the damaged crashed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look at the size of the uh grapple gun on the back. <laughs> Gotta make room for that action feature. Yeah, right but it does have the double cockpit. I don't know this one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it is just again, retooling of the original, but it looks so significantly different from the original one. Yeah. And I guess it's all the paint. Yeah. This actually looks better than I remembered it looking, or maybe it's just these pictures on the wonderful force Oh my gosh. They've got one uh, shot of power of the force X wing Luke, uh, sort of strutting out <laughs> to the uh, snowspeeder. That's incredible. Uh, uh, for the listeners, go check out forceawaits.com 
uh, for great pictures of this snow speeder and this crazy bow-legged Luke. Uh, all right. So yeah, I, this one, this is another upgrade. I think it looks pretty good. I wish the cannons worked the same way as the, mm. the original. I mean, I know they light up, but the original had this sort of dots of light in them. I don't know. I don't know. It had a very unique look to it. That was not movie accurate, but for me, for a toy it looked really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the Imperial speeder bike. Exact same deal, just with a different paint job, but you press the little uh, sort of bundle. The, the stick in the back. That's what yeah. I was, it was that weird little stick. Um, the press that, it explodes. And we've got the biker scout who has knee joints. Yeah, fancy. And this is the only uh, vehicle that came with a figure. Mm-hmm. Because I guess I, you just have to have the Biker Scout to go with the. Yeah, I had a couple of these. I remember buying several of these. I think I just bought the one, but I don't think it took them too long to release these with Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think they were more than a couple of years. Yeah, they were green card. So I think it was the next yeah year or two. Yeah. Uh, but looks good. Looks, I mean, the bike itself, the speeder bike looks fantastic. And again, could go right in your collection. Well, uh, the handlebars are a little bulky compared mm-hmm. to what they've done recently. But uh, as far as the deco goes, this thing looks fantastic. And the bending knees on the Biker Scout Trooper are great. It was a, a feat of toy engineering back then. Uh, yeah, really. Well, I mean, for this line, for sure. Yeah. You've got the little handlebar with the spring-loaded. That's kind of funny. Okay, so if I'm remembering right, the original speeder bike, they just sat on it, like with their legs straight out in front of them, and that handlebar right there, you pulled it up and put their legs under it, and that's what held them on, right? I think you're right. Because, I mean, they couldn't straddle it. Here it is. The original figures couldn't straddle the speeder bike. Oh, yeah, there it is. So that little handlebar is what held them on. Yep. So because this is just that, they left the handlebar on, even though they designed the figure to be Mm -hmm. able to actually ride the bike. But the only thing this scout trooper is good for is riding the speeder bike, because if you look at him just standing on his own, he looks ridiculous. He's... He's not hanging out next to it. I think I remember having him. Even they've got him leaning on it because he's not standing real well without no, being on his no. bike. No, there's no way. Uh, so yeah, great little set. And for for people who were figuring out how to relaunch Star Wars, very well done. Very cool. All right, so we've got some more figures to talk about. Uh, my one of my favorites. Love the design. Uh, Love the character, depending on which iteration we're talking about. But Boba Fett, not quite as beefy. No. But this is a Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, Uh which is interesting because it's not, you know, at the time, I wouldn't have known the difference between what he looked like in Empire and what he looked like in Jedi. I would have had 1995. I would have had no idea that his costume changed as significantly as it did. Mm -hmm. And what's wacky is I'm sitting here looking at the card 
and it looks like on the card, his right gauntlet is red and his left gauntlet is yellow. Yeah. Zoom in enough, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. On the picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Uh, and so he's holding the little scene pistol that all of the modern figures have come with, but no figures prior to, I think 2007 included that pistol. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's right here on the card back, but then the blaster that this Boba Fett comes with is no gun that he's ever had (laughs) or anybody (laughs) completely just made up gun here. The barrel kind of looks right. But everything about this blaster is wrong. That shoulder guard would take your arm off. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. Well, it would blow. It would pierce right through it. <laughs> yep. Ridiculous. Uh, I still have this Boba Fett mint on card saved from when I was buying these figures. It's up on the wall over there right now, uh, signed by Jeremy Bullock. Nice. Uh, because I just have always loved the Boba Fett design. Uh, even, even before we got all these cool books about him that expanded on who he was, uh, that armor design by Joe Johnston is just awesome. I wish I could zoom in a little bit. Cause I forgot they had all these file cards on the back and I'm kind of curious what it says. Oh, wow. You're right. Height 1.8 meters stat. I wish I had my glasses over here. Status bounty hunter classification, human, affiliation freelance weapon of choice mandalorian battle armor this has got some eu information in it that's what i was looking to see really yeah it's got in here that the mandalorians are evil warriors who were oh i think it says oh defeated by the jedis during the clone wars wow yeah, I don't remember. I didn't even remember this line having file cards like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some old EU info in there. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. That you know, that'd be a whole other episode just to run down. That's you know what you guys should do a special execute chapter sixty six just about these file cards. Yeah, that would be uh, awesome. We can get to it. There's so many books. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, on the card back here, we can actually see what we're talking about right now is this first wave and the first four vehicles, the Falcon, the land speeder, the X-Wing and the TIE fighter. Um, but yeah, this Boba Fett, it, you know, it's, it's far away from the best Boba Fett figure ever, but it's, it's again, a massive upgrade over the original Fett, just the backpack alone. Uh, with the nozzles on it, the paint job, everything about it, like just really cool. It's, uh, we've got the Wookiee scalps and the, uh, the little Cape for the first time, uh, all the, all the colors, great looking figure for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More deco and paint than you would remember. Like yeah. I was impressed by that. And then there's Lando Calrissian, with oh, more ab, with more abs than you'd remember. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> what the what is going on with this man's torso? I feel like Billy G. Williams had some hands. 
<laughs> how his figure was portrayed. Look at those thighs that go into his bell bottoms. My like. gosh, this is incredible. So he's got honestly a pretty good Billy D. Williams likeness. Yeah. But that torso is insane. His abs, because let's all let's all get on the same page here. Lando Calrissian wears a floofy pirate shirt, yeah. loose fitting, like flowing, and they depict that in the sleeves here. But he has got pecs and abs busting out of his floofy pirate shirt. I would love to see this blouse depicted in real life. I can't even imagine what it would be. How would this even happen? It's, it would almost have to be like mesh to look like this. So he's, he's the wearing, only one that has this. Like, what do they? Yeah, do nobody else had. Like, they're all, you know, the, they all have the narrow waist and giant shoulders. But like, he's the only one with these abs going on. This is okay. insane. So maybe like, you know, they got to his fluffy blouse sleeves and didn't meet their muscle quota for power of the force. And so they had to concentrate in the chest. That's wild. So we're um, looking at the Cape. It looks like it's got the, and honestly, for the time, the paint, the Cape is pretty solid because it's, uh, it's blue and then it's got dark blue trim. And then the lining is like a brownish color. Uh-huh. And I don't, I honestly can't say for sure if we're right about there being a variant in that or not. Uh, but I do feel like there was something different about this Lando. And for the listeners, if you know what it is, uh, hit us up on Twitter, leave a comment. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, whatever, let us know. I don't remember anything specific though. Mm -hmm. I do remember the Cape threw his balance off really bad. Like it was, yeah, he had to lean forward to stand. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes with one blaster that kind of sort of looks like his blaster from the movies. And then another just giant wacky made up gun. <laughs> I like that. They all come with two blasters. And like, if you're lucky, one of them looks like something from star Wars, but the other one never does. Yep. <clears throat> I'm scanning his file card to see if what other it has. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now nah, this is all movie. Okay. Well, that brings us to one of the, the most reasonable figures, uh, Luke Skywalker and his pilot gear. He's still pretty buffed up, but his stance isn't insane. Uh-huh. His arms are, and and probably for the from the necessity of fitting him into that X-wing. Although I'm trying to remember, and I might be conflating this with Poe Dameron's X-wing from Force Awakens because you it was very difficult to fit Poe into his X-wing in the Force Awakens. And I'm trying to remember if this Luke would even fit into that X-wing, but I. He would, but it was tight. Like you had th- to like squeeze the shoulders kind of weird. Like I think you had to sort of put in. him in. Yeah, yeah. 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 You had to sort of put him in sideways mm-hmm. and then bend him at the, the hips and then wiggle him down. And then yeah. he would fit. 
but it never looked right because he was like sort of laying in there. Yeah. And that picture they have uh, is definitely the long lightsaber. Look at that thing. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's going to touch the figure. He's going to touch the ceiling with that thing. I didn't remember the long lightsabers lasting into this. So maybe, no, because I know Boba Fett wasn't part of the initial releases. So this this was definitely at least a few months after the first figures hit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, that's definitely a, the picture there is as the long lightsaber. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, but figure looks pretty good. He's got the uh, straps sculpted on his legs. Uh, he's got all of the, like the chest plate, the breathing apparatus or whatever the heck that is on their chests. Uh, lots of paint sculpted detail on that. The helmet looks fantastic. Uh, I would like for it to have the visor, but whatever. We're not getting that in 1995. Uh, looks, I think it's a really good looking figure. Yeah. Yeah. This one is not terrible. It's, it's, you know, it's not standing on modern shelves, but for the time, this is one of the best ones we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And he comes with not only a giant lightsaber, but also Han's giant blaster. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, they, and I remember they reused this body several times. Yeah. They put the, the same body they did. I think just a generic rebel pilot uh-huh. uh did they even stick wedge a wedge head on one of these maybe i think they had a wedge and a dax yeah i think you're right same body eventually and i mean you know for this for this era for this style why not mm-hmm. uh so we can kind of burn through some of the rest of these because we've got three four five six uh we've got four more waves uh han solo and hoth gear which with the mind blowing brown jacket. Yeah. And at the time it just it seemed wrong. It it yeah. was just bizarre because we grew up with a blue jacket action figure. Uh but this did seem because if you remember on the original Kenner figure, his hood was up. Mm-hmm. And this one the hood is down. So big difference there. This seems he's he's all chunky and beefy but aside from the brown jacket uh pr- pretty cool yeah i didn't hate this one no it was fine and another giant han blaster and a completely made up gun uh then we've got luke and dagobah fatigues which boy he's rough he, I feel like he had trouble standing up as well. He seemed like he leaned forward or something. Yeah, he bends forward all the time. Uh, giant blaster, the deco on him. I understand this is meant to look sort of like swampy and dirty, but it just doesn't look great. Uh, yeah, this this one's not a big win. And also, even though this is the training gear. I think I just wanted the the regular, the fatigues like we had on the original mm-hmm. figure yeah. with the actual shirt on with the pockets and everything. Yeah. This one just seemed kind of weird and blah. Yeah, but it came in the same wave as that Yoda that came with the backpack. Right, So, which made it a must-have. Yep. Because when I was a kid, I never had Yoda with the backpack. 
Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, TIE fighter pilot. Obviously, you got to have him to go in the TIE fighter, and it looks pretty good. Yeah, he's a decent figure. He's got that shiny black again. They did a good job with that. And, you know, has some sculpted detail on the arm and on the chest plate that they probably could have got away with not doing. Yeah, and the breathing apparatus is actually like separate from the chest like it's mm-hmm. not all just sculpted onto the chest it looks pretty good i like i like this figure uh if, if i was gonna get a 95 tie fighter i would have to get one of these to go in it just to feel right yeah but he looks good and he's not posed all crazy or anything yep uh and then as you mentioned yoda uh with the blue the iconic blue backpack uh he fits right into it and he comes with his Walking cane, which for some reason they feel the need to call it a gimer stick every time they refer to it in the toys. I don't know what that's <laughs> all about. Whip, wait, let's see what is what is what is Yoda's weapon of choice? I can't read what that's. Oh, none. <laughs> none. Vehicle of choice. None. Affiliation. Rebel Alliance. Well, that's not accurate. Uh, classification. Oh, what's his classification? What does that say? Unknown. Unknown. Wow. I do like if you if you look at the Yoda on Luke's back. I mean, I think that explains why he's leaning forward. <laughs> that is a giant Yoda on his back. Wow, you're right. <laughs> you're right. The the Luke was sculpted to go. My gosh, I didn't remember how big that. Did I not buy this? Because I do not remember that backpack being that big. <laughs> that is huge. That's insane. <laughs> Wow. Well, and you know what? That Yoda is actually kind of giant. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking at. That Yoda's head is as big as Luke's. Yeah, bigger. <laughs> this is a huge Yoda. I I know I had it. There's no way I didn't buy Yoda, but I do not remember this giant backpack and this huge Yoda. Wow. What a combo this is. Bland <laughs> Luke and giant Yoda. Holy cow. Uh, okay, so we get a weird wave four that only has two figures in it, but at the time, you know, who knows how these were coming. Maybe a wave four was a case pack of like six Han Solos and six Jedi Knight Lukes. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what the distribution was at the time. Uh, but Han Solo and Carbonite Block was very exciting for me because I never had that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, a lot of this kind of goes to that where, you know, now I had my own disposable income. I was buying all of this stuff for myself. So when I was a kid, I had to rely on my parents to get stuff. But now, whatever I wanted, I was getting mm-hmm. because I was buying it myself. Uh, but this was huge. And the he he uh, the carbonite block had this like C ring in the back of it. And the figure actually clipped into the carbonite block. So it wasn't like it was two separate pieces that just had nothing to do with each other. You actually put the figure into the carbonite block and the sculpt of, if you look at the back of the block, the face like goes into where Han's face is sculpted out. And then the blaster is actually accurate because it's the one that Han uses to shoot the Sarlacc tentacle Mm -hmm. off of Lando. So this blaster is accurate too, although a little big, but still. Well, if only Leia would have known, she could have just walked behind the carbonite block and just, just yanked it right out. out. Yeah. It's so much easier. And of course, these days, if you buy this, this is two separate figures. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so again, we've got 
brown pants on this Han, which I think the original indoor Han had brown pants on. Yeah. So that wasn't as much of a shock as the blue pants on the first Han we talked about. Uh, the yellow blood stripe and then just regular sort of off-white shirt. Not a big deal. Like this, this is a pretty good. This is, you know what? At this point, this is probably the best Han Solo figure that had been released. Yeah, his arm isn't, it doesn't look like it's sticking out quite as much as no, it was it's, before. it's not as bad as that first one. Yeah, because I don't think that would have fit in the carbonite block. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would have been stuck out of the side of it. Oh, I do remember this, though, because if you clipped him in the back, his feet don't touch the bottom. And so you couldn't, like, the carbonite block wouldn't just stand on its own. Oh yeah, it yeah. Would tip back because it was not balanced. Yeah, and it was giant, mm-hmm. like way bigger than it really should have been. But that's to accommodate this big beefy figure. But still, good little set, uh, and for five bucks to get Han and the Carbonite block and the relatively accurate blaster, pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. And then one of the stars of the show. Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, always going to be my go-to Luke. All black, glossy boots, got the black glove on. Uh, Not a huge fan of the molded cloak. Yeah. But, you know, for this line, that's what you get. The green lightsaber, uh, he's still, the the sculpt, the, the likeness still has that sort of deer in the headlights look that all of the Lukes have had so far. As a matter of fact, is this even a different head sculpt from the other ones? Have they used the same? Oh my gosh. I think it's the same. It's all just the same because Luke did not have this long hair in Jedi. No. He got a haircut. So they've just stuck the farm boy Luke head. Let's see. Let me, go, let me go back to the beginning of this list. Yes, they have stuck the farm boy Luke head on all of the different Luke looks. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. But that's 1995, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's how things were then. You know, it's funny it's funny to look back to an era where we were just looking at things and being like, wow, we've got toys of this. And we didn't think, does this match the screen? Exactly. Do they have the exact right weapon? Is their hair just right? Like it was just a matter of, Oh, it's Jedi Knight Luke, Jedi Knight Luke. Cool. Yeah. yeah I wasn't, I wasn't look like Marvel legends. Like, all right, which pieces are this, which body, which, you know, yeah, how did they yeah. how did they kit bash this together? Yeah, like we didn't think anything of them using the same head for three different bodies. That would never fly these days. Yeah, I do remember they never got the green exactly right. It was always kind of yellow. Yeah, yeah, and that did always kind of bug me. Uh, so wave five, we get a couple of Jawas that I actually still have on my shelf now. They're right over there in my dozen or so Jawas that I've got. Uh, these are great, man. Yeah, and they got two. Yes. 
two Jawas for five bucks, two different, two completely different sculpts with two completely different blasters. Both have the light piping uh, to make the, their little eyes light up. Uh, great sculpt on the, the cloaks, the bandoliers, everything. Lots of detail on these guys. I, I genuinely just really like these figures. Yeah, I did too. And then another Luke with that same damn head mm-hmm. and a giant stormtrooper helmet to go over the top of it. But here's what's key to this Luke is his companion Han Solo figure was not available at retail. Nope. He was a mail away for Fruit Loops. And I sure did have him. <laughs> I I don't think I did because I always hated Fruit Loops. And and you'd think somebody that was as much of a lunatic as me would have bought Fruit Loops and just dumped them out and sent this in. I don't think I got this Han until they reissued it. I think on the green cards later on. Yeah. Yeah. He was a green card. Uh, I don't think I did the mail away. Yeah, I definitely did. I think I'm trying to remember now. I remember the mail away thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I got it. The mail away. I know. I know people that did, but I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to buy fruit loops. Not a fan. Apologies to any listeners who enjoy Fruit Loops. I did get it because I remember my girlfriend at the time making fun of me about getting a toy in the mail from cereal. Yes, I did. (laughs) And how we miss those days. We don't get (laughs) toys in the mail. like Well, we get toys in the mail now. (laughs) I get lots of toys in the mail now. But But it's uh, a completely different process. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But this is now, this is what I'm curious about. And I've never really thought about it because I believe the Han and Luke stormtroopers have different bodies. Is this just the stormtrooper body with a Luke head or no, this is different. Yeah. The legs are a little blowed out. Yeah. And the arms are different as well. So this is actually a new, the torso might be the same. The Han's on a different body too. Oh, interesting. So you could really troop build some different looking stormtroopers uh if you wanted to. Yeah, because the Han has that like stepping forward oh, okay, legs okay. they for some reason loved in power of the force. Oh yeah, the worst. Made things so hard. Oh yeah, yeah. He, well, and his uh right arm is well, his right arm is cocked almost like for the traditional stormtrooper holding his blaster pose, mm-hmm. except for the fact that the left arm is not. No. <laughs> it's, it's just limply at his side. <laughs> and the funny thing is that this stormtrooper Han did not come with a blaster Bot- because this uh, Kellogg's and the same thing happened with, uh, they had a mail away lifeline from GI Joe, uh, that had different legs because the original lifeline figure had a holstered pistol sculpted onto the leg and came with a, a, a pistol. The mail away lifeline had different legs and no pistol because Kellogg's didn't want any of their premiums coming with weapons. So that lifeline and this Han Solo 
did not include weapons at all. The only thing this Han Solo came with was the helmet. So Toucan Sam is a pacifist. He is. <laughs> we go. Uh, all right, let's see. So we've got uh, the Jawas are great. Luke, Stormtrooper disguise. Momo Nadon, which I do believe this figure is when I learned that Hammerhead's name is Momo Nadon. <laughs> Absolutely it was. And he comes... Which I love this figure. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not going to say it holds up today, but design wise, like he's, he's, he's good. Yeah. I like him. And he comes with this insane, <laughs> like photon blaster thing. Double barreled laser cannon. What the heck? And, and, and we all know now. We know better. We know Athorians are pacifists. We know they wouldn't be walking around with one of these big giant. My gosh, this thing is even bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If you look at the end package shot, his cannon is almost as tall. It goes up to his shoulder. That is right. preposterous. And they're saying his affiliation is the Rebel Alliance. Is that right, right. then? Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we know that the Ithorians, mm-hmm. you know, in the once we get into the expanded universe, there's a relationship there. But I don't believe this particular Ithorian had anything to do with any rebels. Oh, you know what? There is an EU story about oh, him, is there? Uh, like well, throwing off the. There's one about him throwing off the stormtroopers. Oh, and they're coming. Yeah, I haven't read that. It might have been a Star Wars Insider. Back when they used to do the, you know, the stories and that. Looking at his card back, this is interesting. So we know that the Snowspeeder was part of the red card series, as we're calling it. But this has the T-16 on it. And I think the T-16 was green. Yeah, T-16 is green. Yeah. So this is right at the tail end of uh, the the red card stuff, which which we know. R5-D4, so we got to talk about this guy because this guy is an astromech droid that launches a rocket. This is where this is where the we want kids to get into these really comes in. (laughs) Not only does he you know, it's not his motivator that was busted. It apparently was a missile that shot from his insides. Well, and not only his guns. He, <laughs> yes, he has guns mounted on his arms. This is honestly, this is kind of a predecessor to to uh, murder droids that we've come to know and love in uh, things like uh, what the heck is the HK. Oh, yeah, and uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Dr. Afra, our triple zero in uh, mm-hmm. BT. Yeah, like this, this R5-D4 <laughs> is kind of the predecessor to all those characters because he is ready to just murder. Yeah, this is not the EU Jedi R4-D4. <laughs> murder bot. So, uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome toy terrible r5d4 mm-hmm. uh, let's see here i kind of want to get one of those men on card now just because it's so ridiculous <laughs> uh tuscan raider also looks pretty good comes with the 
as we learned the was it the ear cleaner oh yeah uh-huh or no the toothpick the bantha toothpick <laughs> that's what it is uh so it comes with the bantha toothpick uh looks good it stands up pretty nicely um no complaints about this one detail wise you know the original tuscan raiders were pretty good also they had soft goods robes mm-hmm. with the uh bandolier piece that went over it this is just kind of an update of that yeah and i remember i did like this one because they did sculpt underneath his robes all the bandages yes that the um which you didn't have i think the originals just had like uh like genie pants on yeah underneath their robes if i'm remembering right so yeah this is a cool figure very cool figure i like this one looks good uh, let's see. What do we have? No biography here. Just a little uh, Gadurfi stick is the weapon yeah. of choice. Vehicle Bantha. It doesn't say that, but that's. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, the last thing we've got figure wise Death Star Gunner, which honestly, one of the most boring action figures of all time. These yeah. guys do not excite me. Yeah. I, in any form, not just this one. Like Death Star Gunner, I'm never excited to buy a Death Star Gunner. Yep. I always buy them because obviously you have to have it. We're we're chumps. We're suckers. But there has only ever been one Death Star gun made. Mm -hmm. So we only ever need one Death Star Gunner figure. You know, we certainly, nothing has ever necessitated a Death Star gunner in every Star Wars line that's ever come out, despite mm-hmm. the fact that we've gotten one every single time. And they re-released that thing like nobody's business. Like, he's one that always just comes back out for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, there's a green card version of this guy. He's probably, they're probably, uh, knowing how Hasbro's been operating vintage collection, they've probably got this exact figure coming out just on a different card back any day now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes with uh, a couple of weapons we've seen before: the stormtrooper blaster, and then this this other. I think the same rifle the stormtroopers came with. Deco looks good. You know the paint on the side of his helmet, fine, whatever. But just, eh, I don't need him. I don't even know if I bought this one. To tell you the truth. Oh, you know I totally had it because <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> Greedo, which is another massive departure from the original Greedo, which was just in his all green, like Mm -hmm. nothing else going on. And this was another one that kind of blew my mind with like, Oh, the one in the movie doesn't look like the figure I had when I was a kid. Yeah. Not a green guy in a green jumpsuit. Yeah. And then when black series re-released that original looking Greedo, it still just looks off to me now, even though that's what I was used to for however many years. Well, and I actually, I ordered that one. I, I still haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Greedo, this started the long line of Greedo's never stand. It's oh still God. going on right. today. That stupid black series one won't stand. Why? Okay. Well, one, look at the, the leg spread on this guy with his, mm-hmm. little, his little orange booties and his legs spread out and his, ridiculously muscular thighs. What is it with <laughs> thighs on these people? Uh, but Deco is phenomenal. All the different colors on this guy, even, even his head. 
uh, the glossy black eyes. He's got a, he's got paint apps around his mouth on the top of his head. Like deco wise, this figure looks great. Mm-hmm. It's just that stance. But he's got the great long fingers. Uh, he can actually hold that blaster. And then this other bizarre made up blaster that just went in a drawer or the trash or whatever. Uh, but aside from his stance, like I, I love this guy. I love the way he looks. And and this was our first Greedo that was close to being accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I mean, that head sculpt, I mean, I haven't seen this figure in forever in person, but I bet that head sculpt stands up today. Yeah, you. I, I bet right. you could stick that head on a vintage collection figure, and and most people wouldn't really notice. Yeah. Uh, and then we get something really special that I don't know that we knew we needed until we saw it. The Tatooine Stormtrooper. No, oh, I loved these things. Oh my gosh! I mean, because we again we grew up with just regular ass stormtrooper toys. Mm-hmm. It never even occurred to us that that the ones on Tatooine were were any different or deserved a variant of figure or anything like that. And then we get this guy with his big orange pauldron, his backpack with all kinds of of sculpted goodies on it, and this long rifle that he has to hold all weird for some reason. He has to hold it sideways like he's in a 1990s (laughs) gangsta flick. Uh, But the deco on him, the the sort of dirty deco, first time Mm -hmm. we've seen that on a a stormtrooper, just what a cool figure and to see for the first time, like, wow, this is a specialized stormtrooper. Yeah. And they reuse this one quite a bit. You know, I think one came with the Bantha later. Um, they released a couple of different colors of the, um, what's it or called? the back the back the back yeah, yeah. Sorry. The back Um, yeah, they reuse this one a lot, but it's, yeah, it was a great figure. I remember really liking it. Well, and it was just, like I said, it was just exciting to get like, man, it's a different stormtrooper. This one and the deluxe one were mm-hmm. both like really cool because the idea of having stormtroopers that were more than just that white armor was very cool at the time. Yeah. Uh, all right. The only thing that we've got left, well, we've got the carrying cases, which they did an official collector case which if I remember right, was just kind of some kind of generic carrying case. And what's weird to me is before we got the iconic, the legendary Darth Vader carrying case, they did the talking C-3PO carry case, which I didn't bother getting. I didn't either. Because I wanted the Darth Vader head, which eventually they did release that. And it, I came with a figure, and I don't remember who it was, and I don't want to look it up because I want to save that for when we get to the green stuff. Oh, I definitely got that one for that figure, too. Okay, well, what was it? It's Wedge. That's oh. how you got Wedge. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, 100%. Which actually makes me wonder if one of the – I've got like five Darth Vader carrying cases, so one of the ones I have is probably this one. Oh, here's this official carrying case. What is it? Is that it? Power of the Force carrying case. It's like a black plastic, like kind of just rectangle with a handle on the top with a giant like 
cardboard Star Wars Power of the Force of the Vader portrait, like piece of cardboard riveted to it. Yeah, like that's what I, that's what I was picturing. It's just like the most generic yeah. carrying case you could think of. Because mm-hmm. again, this was aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. So when we were kids, carrying cases often were just a piece of media art stuck onto that vinyl box or whatever. Like it was literally just a carrying case. I will say, do you remember the laser rifle carrying case they made? Yes. That thing was awesome. I never had it. I I never had the Chewbacca bandolier carrying case. I had that. I never had that. I wanted that so bad. Uh, I think the only thing I had when I was a kid was the Darth Vader head. The Vader, yeah, I had the Vader head and the uh, bandolier. I didn't have because this they did the C three PO in the original line too, didn't they? I don't remember, did they? I feel like they did. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the only thing I had was the Vader head. So the last thing that we have to talk about, as you're looking to see if there was a C three PO head in the original line, we got to talk about. Oh, they did. It's very nice. That's what I thought. It's shiny. Uh, play sets. Death Star play sets. There was the Death Star Escape, and there was the Detention Block Rescue. Um, and these things cannot be more different. Like, yeah. The Death Star Escape is kind of crappy. <laughs> like, well, I mean, for what it is, it's, it's fine. It's it's the scene i mean it's yeah yeah it's it's really low to the ground i did not remember the bridge being quite that low i think you know, there's a graphic underneath to simulate height. <laughs> but it's it's got the door it's got the the bridge that doesn't exactly retract but it can be removed mm-hmm. it's got the rope it's got a giant ridiculous blaster on top which <laughs> is kind of unnecessary but you can stand a stormtrooper up there like I, I I like this for what it is. It's not a diorama. It's like this gigantic carbon freezing chamber thing I have, this monstrosity I have right now. It's a play set. It's got a lot of play features, and you can reenact the scene from the movie with this play set and the play features. And I I think it was like 10 bucks. Yeah, it was cheap. 10 or 15 bucks. I, it was not expensive. So I, I like this. And it's got foot pegs. Like, that's a big thing now, too, is none of these vintage collection playsets that are coming out or vehicles or anything, none of them have foot pegs anymore, which on the one hand, I appreciate for aesthetic reasons. But on the other hand, you can't get anything to stand on them. Mm-hmm. So, like, this, this is a great play set i think it really is like when i was a kid i would have loved to have this now well granted i actually had the death star play set when i was a kid which was way better than this thing but like this would have been a fun extra to have mm-hmm. and then the detention block escape which was awesome booting <laughs> me down yeah this one legit is very very cool uh it has <laughs> well, what's funny about it is it's got the the cell door, but there's just nothing on the other side. You know. But this is the corridor with, that goes down to the trash compactor. Now, there's no trash compactor, unfortunately. 
Uh, but it's got the opening door, like the door slides open. Uh, it's just a great little piece of scenery. Doesn't really have as much going on, I guess. Yeah. As the other one. You know, it's got some random missiles that you can shoot as most of these stories do. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, well, you've got the missiles on the outside that are going to what? Like, what are you flying this thing around and shooting (laughs) space with it? This makes no sense. Uh, But then on the, on the doors here, what are all these weird mechanisms? I don't know. I guess these are supposed to be the cameras that they shoot out. Yeah, I think it is. So maybe there were plans to do that central area. Mm-hmm. With the comm station. Yeah, because later they do do some playsets like this that hook together. That's what I was thinking, is that there were some modular sets yeah. later on. Uh, but this is cool. It's a cool piece of scenery. And, and again, the key piece of it is the door to the trash compactor. Yeah, I would absolutely buy this if they re-released it Black Series size. Well, and I would it's weird to me and I guess that's just where Hasbro is with collectors now because they, you know, they did the Tantive four hallway, right? Mm-hmm. But how much more interesting would a death star corridor with all of these features have been, mm-hmm. but I, you know, maybe that's in the works. We don't know. But this is just really cool stuff that you could put on the shelf, sit your figures in, and had, again, play features because these were toys. These were meant for kids. And I think that's important. I I like the combination. Uh Well, Ryan, I think that wraps up the red card. And if we ever get around to green card, we're really going to have to split that one up because this one this one went way longer than I expected it to. Yeah, and there's a lot of green card stuff. But but you know, as we were talking about this, sort of memories came back, and uh, it was so much fun at the time having Star Wars to buy again. And that's I I think that speaks to the power of our fandom for Star Wars is that these figures that aesthetically. You know, not even by today's standards, but by our standards back then, we were like, these are not great. Yeah. Well, we bought them anyway because it was Star Wars. We loved it. It was back. It was back, baby. So to wrap things up, looking back at just this collection, uh, we, we've already both said we don't have any of this stuff. Well, you said you might have some of the vehicles left. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've got my mint on card Boba Fett and that's it. Uh, it. It was great at the time. And I've talked a lot on the show about how I regret getting rid of or selling so many of the toys that I had. But with these, these figures... I, I would never display these. I would no. never bring them back out. Uh, they they do have a lot of nostalgia for me, 
but I can't say that this collection, aside from my, I wouldn't mind having the vehicles. I can't say that this collection is one I really regret getting rid of. No. Yeah. I would never, you know, when I gave them away, I kind of looked through them for a little while and yeah, like you said, it was nostalgic, but then I immediately put them in the car and drove them away <laughs> and said, all right, see ya. <laughs> There's a couple I wish I had kept, particularly from the green wave. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that one day, but it's just some of the weird stuff. I don't think they'll ever do again. Yeah. There's once we get into the green card stuff, there are some figures that I do still have. Uh, and there are, like you said, there are some characters and figures that that's the only time they've come out. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have them, uh, you know, Hasbro may never get back around to them, but that that's a show for another day. And speaking of shows for other days, uh, you've got another show, a star Wars related show. Yeah. Um, you can check us out on execute chapter 66, where we, review star wars books uh from the current canon and from the old expanded universe um there's some really good stuff coming out especially the new thrawn book is coming out tomorrow as we record this so i'm sure i'll be reading that in a day or two and we're going to go back and look at some of the really old books soon from early expanded universe just to see how they hold up these days so let me ask you this: Since you've been doing you've been doing that show for a while now, yeah, it's um, been over. We I think we recorded our year anniversary not too long ago. So, have there been times where keeping up with the the media has felt like a bit of a chore? Um, like oh, I got to do this for the show. No, not too bad. Um, they, you know, with High Republic, they're pushing out a lot of stuff right now. Yeah. And I would read those anyway. There's only really been one book that has just been awful. And, you know, if you want to hear, you generally on the show, you know, like on here, we try to keep it positive. But uh, that Freefall book is absolute garbage. It's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever read. Um, but it's been neat to go back and read, like, books I probably wouldn't have gone back and read. Um, like Shadows of the Empire and things like that. It's been cool to go back and see it. Um, and we're looking at doing stuff like that. But no, like it, it's definitely forced me to get back into canon really deep. Yeah, um, yeah. Which has been good. And the stuff they're putting out now is outside of that piece of crap freefall. <laughs> it, it's, it's really good. Like, you know, I, if you've listened to it, I can't recommend The High Republic enough. It is it's been really good. And the people they've got working on it, you can tell really care about it. So, Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. And talking about power of the force. Uh, we will recon- reconvene at some point and talk about a portion of the next iteration of power of the force. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking, Ryan. Always good to be here. All right, you guys, we got to wrap this thing up because I, I actually do want to watch at least some of Impact. I don't, you know, I don't know if you can rewind on Twitch or not. Like if I join it right now, I don't know if I have to just watch the rest of the show or, or what. Oof. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Needless Things. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming. May the 14th. I, I kind of feel like 
the greatest animated series of all time is kicking off uh, a little run of excitement for Needless Things because we've got Dragon Con is on the way. We are planning. We are doing things. We are forging ahead. Uh, 100% go on Dragon Con. And just the juices are flowing. It feels like life is coming back into everything. So I'm really excited. I'm excited for you guys to listen, to see, to hear. I'm, I'm working on something a little extra for May. Well, I guess it won't be May the 14th. It would be the night we record. I'm going to see how practical it would be to do something pretty cool that night. Uh, we've never done it. It would require, require a little bit of testing and a little bit of expertise. But if I can make it happen, I will make it happen. But one way or another on May the 14th, you're going to have something really fun, really ridiculous, and really incredible, and probably really infuriating uh, to check out and listen to. Please do go back and listen to the greatest movie of all time. You will enjoy it. Uh, Even if you already listened to it, go back and check it out again. I think it'll be worth your time. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go do that, uh, well, tomorrow, because you guys know I'm going to watch Impact. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.